Welcome back to Half the Battle. I'm your host as always, Daniel Levy, and joining me on this very special edition of Half the Battle is Jason the Kid Knight. Jason, welcome to Half the Battle, man. Hey, how's it going, man? Thank y'all for having me. It's going amazing, man, and I mean, firstly, congrats on the big victory, your first ever UFC victory, and you got the fight of the night bonus. Yeah, man, it's, it's pretty cool. Uh, I've been working my butt off for a long time, finally got there, and uh, I mean, yeah, I lost the first fight, but I, I had plenty of time to prepare for this one. The first one, they gave me two weeks' notice, and I fought a veteran. I think I could have beat Calvary, but he just he laid on me. He did what he had to do. He fought a smart fight, and uh, I hope I'll avenge that loss soon. But hell, I, I got I got to do what I wanted to the other night. I mean, dude, one doesn't simply take on Kawajiri on a week short notice. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, man. I, they give me they called me on two weeks notice, so basically I, I had nine days to train for the fight, and uh, I. I hadn't really been in the gym, hardly any. I had just had a kid. It was around Christmas time, getting close to Christmas. So had Thanksgiving, all that good stuff. And they called me the day that my son was born, asked me if I wanted to take the fight. Well, hell yeah. I mean, it's UFC. Of course I took the fight. But, I mean, I, I was nowhere near prepared. And I think, you know, you give me the chance to fight him again, he's a whooped ass. <laughs> yeah, and you know, in that fight, even though it didn't go your way, the fans were exposed to the fact that you have a very good rubber guard. And I mean, I knew firsthand because I was telling you off air, I saw you fight that Russian. But man, in this next fight against Allers, I mean, you were getting up from bottom. You showed big improvements, man. So I mean, talk about what kinds of changes you made from your Kawajiri fight to your Allers fight. Uh, man, the, the Kawajiri fight, I never tried to stop the takedown, never really tried to get up because we had two weeks to prepare for it. I knew that my biggest shot of winning that fight was to tap him out. And um, I knew we didn't really have a whole lot of time to get my wrestling good and ready for the fight. So basically all we did was train to tap him out. And I, I just accepted the takedown and kept trying to let him, you know, fall into my game and let me tap him. But he just kept everything so tight. And I couldn't quite get it well for this fight i had eight weeks notice i knew that this guy's a black belt on the ground and i knew he was going to want to take me down but i have very very exceptional jujitsu. i i'm just a purple belt but i've been a purple belt since i was 17 and i just don't wear the gi so every black belt i've ever competed with that's my size i can hang in there with them so i was not the least bit scared of the jiu-jitsu game. And I figure, you know, hey, he's going to want to take the fight to the ground. He's going to study my rubber guard. He knows I'm good at rubber guard. So, fuck it. Let's stand up and beat him down. And, man, this whole training camp, I've trained nothing but wrestling, nothing but stand-up. I think I, I trained my jiu-jitsu for, like, a week, maybe two, just a little bit of rolling here and there. But stand-up was the main goal. I wanted to stand up and punish him the whole fight and just stop whatever takedowns he had to throw my way. I knew that, you know, if we did get on the ground, I, didn't, I, I was confident he couldn't submit me, and the plan was to get back to my feet. And, I mean, I, I've always had decent wrestling, but, I mean, this, this fight I worked it a little better and tried to, you know, try to make sure I was getting better. 
I never went and cross-trained or anything, just trained right there at my home gym. And we really don't have any good wrestlers. You know, now that I have the money, I'm going to try to cross-train. I got a little bit of money in my pocket, try to cross-train, go get some of that good wrestling in and really improve that aspect of my game. But, yeah, basically for this fight, we're just trying to stand up and beat his head off. Yeah, so, dude, in the past, you know, when I've seen some of your other fights, when someone takes you down, you immediately try to go for the rubber guard. In this fight, you got right back up to your feet immediately. So, I mean, was that something mentally that you said to yourself, hey, if he takes me down, I'm going to try to pop back up? Or, I mean, what was the deal, man? Because I, I, it was a improvement in your fight IQ, in my opinion. Yeah, man, uh, the game plan was always this whole fight to stay standing. Don't get into the ground battle with him. I mean, before I ever thought about fight of the night before that I, I ever seen that it was a possibility after we had such a good fight, that was my game plan was to go in here and put on a show, show the fans the real Jason Knight, not just a guy who knows how to tap people out. I mean, the guy they seen the other night, that's me. And I still did a lot of things wrong in that fight. Like I've looked back at it and there's things that I could have done a lot better. And, I mean, they, they still haven't seen the best Jason Knight yet. You know, they've they seen a guy who was well-prepared and trained one thing. You know, I didn't, I didn't try to sharpen any skills except for my stand-up and worked a little wrestling. But I sharpened my stand-up big time and made sure that I was ready to stand up and beat him up. So, I mean, every time I came in, I knew, hey, you got to get back up because you're kicking his ass on the feet. Let's keep it there. He's scared of the stand-up. He doesn't want to stand up. And I knew if we stayed on the ground, two good jiu-jitsu guys going at it, he can't tap me, I can't tap him. It turns into a boring-ass fight real quick. Yeah, yeah that, that was the plan. Stand it up. No, absolutely, man. And, I mean, Allers is a very experienced guy. And I feel like the improvements you showed from your last fight with Kawajiri – to your fight with Allers the other night. I mean, those are astronomical improvements. So from here on out, I, I'd imagine we can only see you get even better and better. Yeah, man. Um, even for this fight, you know, I've, I've always been broke as hell, living from paycheck to paycheck. And the fights are just a little bit of bonus money. And I've never really made any big money off my fights. I mean, the fight with Calgary, I made $12,000. But... That was Christmas time, and it's my first big paycheck. Of course, I blew it. You know what I'm saying? I, I blew most of that money, and I was back to broke again way before this fight ever came along. So, I mean, as soon as the fight came, I told my boss, hey, man, I need to quit working for a little while and start training full-time. I trained full-time for two weeks. Next thing you know, I'm out of the money that the few little sponsors gave me, hey, man, can I come back to work a couple days a week? So all the way up until the last two weeks of this training camp, I train. I mean, I work three days a week. I would train every day, but three days a week I would go to work and then go straight to the gym after work. All my other fights, I've always go straight to work, go to the gym right afterwards. So I, maybe an hour and a half, two hours a day. That's all the training I've been getting for the last 10 years, you know, because – like I said, me and my family, we weren't born with money, so I got to work. Got to do what I do to provide for my family. I got three kids and a fiancé, and they depend on me. So every everything, 
just leads up to that. I, I have to go to work, train, go to work, train, you know, and I can't really tap into my full potential. Now that I have time to train, uh, you best believe it. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna show y'all a completely different level of good, you know. Yeah, and I mean the good news with that is you're an exciting fighter. So win or lose, you're gonna start collecting some paychecks. I'm just telling you right now, man, because what you did on Saturday night, that's what the fans like to see. They don't like guys that go out there and hump someone's leg, you know, push them up against the cage. They like real fighters, and you fought like a real fighter on Saturday night. So I mean, the fans are stoked to have you in the UFC, dude. Oh yeah, man, I, that's awesome. I I knew that uh, eventually, you know, I, I would get my, my chance to shine and go out there and really show people what I'm all about. I mean, I, I got in the trash talking the other night. I, I've usually never been able to do that in a fight. In the gym, I, I'm constantly, I run my mouth. I tell people, you know, if they're going for a submission, I tell them what submission they're going for and know they're not going to get it. If they're trying to kick me in the head or something, I'm stopping it. I'm telling them, you know, what they're doing wrong, telling them just daily talking shit the whole time. And I usually never think about it during my fights. I'm so focused. But this fight, I knew I had it. I mean, I, he was backing up. He was running from me. He was scared. And I knew right then, you know, if I start talking shit, he's going to – it's going to really get bad for him. So that's what I did, man. I started running my mouth. And even if I'm not talking crap like I did the other night – I'm always going to try to excite the fans. I mean, I, I don't go out there looking to go to a decision. I've seen so many fights go to a decision and just be kind of close and go the wrong way. Yeah. That's like that fight That fight the other night. That was no split. Me, there should have never been a split. I kicked nah. his ass the first two rounds. The third round, yeah, I, I give that to Allers. He come out with a lot of heart in that third round. He caught me off guard. I was not expecting him to come out that strong in the third round. I thought he was already mentally broke, so I thought I was fixing to get the coast through the third round, you know, and just kind of pick him apart, the same as I had been doing the first two. Well, he came out bombing and was ready to go, but, yeah, he won the third, but how in the hell did any judge see him winning that fight? That's I went back and I've watched it seven times already, <laughs> and I don't see him winning at all. I see him winning one round, and that's it. Dude, to be honest with you, I actually scored it 30-27 for you because at the end, yeah, he took you down, but, I mean, you were on bottom fucking slicing him with elbows, so I, I don't really score that round for him. But as far as you mentioning how you brought the shit talk into the octagon, dude, please keep doing that because if you mention <laughs> that you do that in training uh, camp, in your, you know, in your practices, that means that that's what's comfortable for you. And we want to see Jason Knight be himself inside the octagon. So if being yourself is going out there and talking shit, keep doing it, man. If that's what works, fucking do it, bro. Yeah, man. I mean, I I, I guess, you know, I, I would be, uh, you can see me probably doing it more often because, I mean, in that fight, I, I felt the most confident I felt like it was just my world the whole time. I just felt like no matter what, there was nothing he could do to win, you know, because I was so so inside of his head, and I, I like I installed fear in him. I felt like I felt like he just he did not he was not comfortable in there, and I think that had a lot to do with me screaming in his face, me getting mad with him and talking crazy to him. I think it, it helped me out a lot. So yeah, I mean, I, I could definitely see myself 
talking crazy some more, you know? Absolutely. And, you know, I, I sent out a tweet. I asked the fans if they had any questions for Jason the Kid Knight. A few of the questions they wanted to know. They wanted to know what kinds of things you said to him inside the octagon. Obviously, we all heard, uh, you know, when uh, he tried to take you down, you're like, oh, you're looking for that takedown, huh? Let's go. Or, you know, but what else did you say to him in there? Ah, uh, man, he tried going for that takedown. And I stopped it. I said, I know you want that takedown, but you ain't going to get it. Not today, boy. <laughs> and I told him, uh, I told him, I said, I know you want to submit me, but it ain't going to fucking happen. I said, I know you want to submit me, but it's not going to fucking happen, you know. And then uh, every time that he would try to run from me, try to, try to get away from me, I kept getting right in his face, telling him, let's go, let's go, fight me, let's go. And, uh, Hold on one second. I'm trying to plug this phone up before it dies on me. Oh, that's cool, buddy. But, yeah, I kept, you know, getting in his face, telling him, let's go, fight me, let's go. And uh, I took him down. Whenever I took him down, I told him to get his ass back up, you know. <laughs> and, uh, I, you know, automatically I, I knew that when I took him down that, you know, we could have stayed there on the ground. I probably could have done some damage from the top. But why try to do damage on the ground when I'm kicking his ass on the feet, you know? I agree. And, you know, it's cool because uh, I, I, I've known you for a while. Like I told you off air, I've seen you since you fought that Russian. But I had no idea your jab was that sharp. I had no idea about your leg kicks, your blast double. I mean, dude, you've got it all. Uh, man, I, I, I did pretty good the other night. I, I agree. I, I feel confident with that performance. But like I said, I, I still haven't even got into my game like I really want to. I haven't been able to train as much as I want to and really open up all the holes that's there. And, you know, I got a good guard. I'm pretty decent on top of somebody on the ground. But, you know, I, my leg locks can use a lot of work. Uh, side controlled, you know, all these different submissions that I haven't tapped into, all that can be worked on on the ground. Standing up, you know, my kicks, they look good, you know, on kicking the legs, I guess. But really – I suck at a lot of things standing up. You know, there's so much stuff that I really, really want to work on. I want to get better on and tap into it. I mean, I've always had a good jab. I've always had a good straight right. But I don't know if you noticed the other night, there was a couple of times I started throwing wild punches. Yeah. I'm very, very, very bad about throwing wild punches and getting into the brawling. And I'm very bad about not moving my head and walking straight forward, you know, I'm trying to trying to tap into cutting my angles, working my head head moving, my footwork, you know, stuff like that. I, I just got to really, really get into it. And, I mean, yeah, I got to do a lot more with this training camp, but from now on it's going to be so, so much better. Yeah, I mean, it's good you want to improve, but, uh, you know, at least you were out there. I mean, your chin was tucked, and even though you were throwing big bombs, you were still connecting, so it's not like, you know – we have to worry about, you know, sticking your chin up in the air and going down from some random blow. I mean, you were still fighting right, man. You were just getting a little wild at times, and it worked for you. Oh, yeah, man. Um, usually, I, I've always been real good about making someone fight my fight. You know, I get out there, get nasty with them a little bit, and making them want to brawl with me. And I'm pretty good at brawling, you know. that That's something I like to do. I like to get nasty and... I don't mind taking punishment, and a lot of people, they don't take it quite as good as I do, you know. And that's how I've won a lot of my fights by submission. Go out there, we start brawling a little bit, and then I rock the guy, 
well, I want to finish. I'm not trying. Why, why would I jump on him and punch him in the face 10 times if I can jump on him and choke him? Or if I could jump on him and take his arm home with me, you know? And I, I think that that's big into, uh, you know, how, how my style works for me. You know, I, I, I don't go out there looking to really impress everybody. I look to walk away with my hand raised. I mean, of course, it, if it comes with it, that's cool. But I want to get in there, get the job done, and get out and not leave it up to the judges because I don't like getting fucked by judges, you know? <laughs> yeah, and you were one judge's scorecard away from getting fucked the other night, which was crazy because it was a clear win for you. Now, I got to ask you, man, after the fight, did you know Sean Shelby, Joe Silva, Dana White, did any of uh, the higher-ups give you any props, man? Because, once again, you put it all on the line. Uh, no, not so far, man. I haven't, I haven't heard from any of them. I mean, I got a pretty good little head nod from Sean Shelby as I got ready to get out of the ring. You could tell he was pretty happy with me. And, uh, man, as much as Joe Silva, Dana White, and Sean Shelby mean, I love him to death, but, hell, my boy Joe Rogan gave me props all the way. That's, that's what I needed, you know what I mean? Yeah. I've been looking for that for years, and... You know, the, of course, they're all the faces of the company. They're the ones who get me the fights and stuff. But, I mean, Joe Rogan's the one that I've wanted to hear talk about me for the longest time. And you go back and you watch that video, and it's all Jason Knight. That's all Joe wanted to talk about was Jason Knight. And, man, I'm telling you right now, my head couldn't get no bigger right now. <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah, you know, I was watching it again right before this interview for, you know, the third or, or fourth time. And, yeah, Joe Rogan, whenever he's on your side in a fight, it's always a good thing. But I got to ask you this, dude. So, obviously, you're so confident in your jiu-jitsu game. Now, in your weight class, there's a lot of guys who have very good jiu-jitsu. You know, guys like Charles Dubronx Oliveira, guys like Brian Ortega. What do you, what do you think about guys like that? I mean, the way I look at it, they're just another jiu-jitsu guy, another guy who's got good jiu-jitsu. I mean, it's, it doesn't scare me. I, I don't care who they put me in there with. I'm going to compete with anybody. I don't care if it's the best in the world standing up, the best in the world on the ground. I'm going to be able to compete with them because I'm I'm on the same level as they are. They don't, they don't really scare me. I mean, so what if... if they got better jiu-jitsu than me. Oh, well, I work my jiu-jitsu real hard. You know, if they got better stand-up than me, I work my stand-up real hard. And that's why it's called mixed martial arts. It's not jiu-jitsu. It's not stand-up. It's not wrestling. It's mixed martial arts. And if I'm ready for everything, then what the hell does it matter if they got good jiu-jitsu? Hey, I can't argue with that, my friend. So... When did you first find out that you were about to get that 50K bonus? Ah, uh, man, I didn't find out for sure until we were at the hotel room already turning up Patron. <laughs> but, uh, man, right after the fight, everybody that I walked by, you know, the, the event staff, all the UFC guys walking around with the blue shirts, um, the commission, everybody I walked by was telling me, hey, man, you got that 50K in the bag. You got that fight of the night in the bag. I'm telling you, you're going to get fight of the night. You're going to get it. You're going to get it. And, yeah, I mean, I, I thought I had a good chance because I watched some of the fights, and none of them really seemed all that interesting to me. And I hadn't got to watch my fight yet. But, I mean, from what everybody was telling me, you know, I got it. I'm beating them. I got them. I got them. 
you know, and I, I was hoping, hell yeah, man, please, come on, let me get that bonus, you know. I, I knew we had fought hard, but, I mean, I didn't know whether or not it was better than some of the other ones because, hell, for two two fights, I was in the back getting stitches in my eye and then doing an interview. So I don't know what went on during those few fights. And then, you know, stuff like that. I was just hoping. Well, then, uh, next thing you know, we're in the room, and one of my buddies gets a text message because he had – his friend had been watching the uh, the press conference. Hey, your boy got that fight of the night. And then he told me, hey, man, you got the bonus. I was like, nah, man, that's bullshit. I was like, how does he know? He's probably just thinking, you know, that I did good. You know, he's probably thinking himself that I'm going to get it. Well, sure enough, we went on there and got on Fight Pass, watched the press conference. The very first thing they say was fight of the night goes to Jason Knight, Jim Hellers. Then it was really time to get drunk, you know. <laughs> really time to celebrate. There you go, my man. Please invest that fifty, uh, those fifty G's, well, my friend. And uh, you know, what do you think about that fight receiving fight of the night? Because let me let me tell you what I mean by the question. So obviously, what you did out there was pure excitement. That's performance of the night, fight of the night material all day. But what Jim was doing, and it's no disrespect to him, you know, he was the guy in there with you. I wasn't the one in there fighting you. But it seemed to me like, you know, he kind of didn't want anything to do with you out there. Um, the the way I look at it, Jim, he, he had an awesome third round. I, I give him that all day. He did damn good the third round. And I think he won that third round because, hell, I, I don't know if you've seen the two shots, but he landed two real good ones. And he got two takedowns that round, which, I mean, yeah, granted, he didn't do a whole lot with them. But still, he got two really good takedowns that round, got two really good shots. But as far as first and second round go, he rode on my back to get that bonus. You know, and, and I, I'm good with that. You know, I, I'm very, very happy that he got to share the bonus. I didn't just get performance of the night because, I mean, hell, that, that helps that man out. He has a family, too. Going into the third round, what fueled him so much, I heard him. I heard his corner tell him, Jim, think about your family. You need to win this for your family. And, man, he came out like a wild man, he, just like me. He's got a family to take care of, and I'm glad he got to share that 50K with me. So after the fight, I mean, whenever two warriors exchange blood, sweat, and tears like you guys did, maybe not the tears, but uh, after a war like that, you know, what did you guys talk about afterwards? You guys have a beer? Like, what, what was the deal? I uh, mean, whenever we were both in the back getting stitched up, he had to get stitches on his left eye. I had to get them on my right eye. Oh, no, no, we both got them in the right eye. But uh, when he was back there getting stitched up, you know, I told him, good fight, man. Thank you so much. Uh, I, had, I had a lot of fun, you know, and it was all 100% respect towards each other. You know, he told me, good fight, good job. And, well, then this morning he uh, he messages me on uh, – can't remember if he he messaged me on Facebook. I was thinking it was maybe Twitter, but yeah, we we talked back and forth, you know, saying I'm I'm glad we got the 50k and uh, when the hell are we gonna get our money? You know, I told him that I'd heard that we can't get the money until our drug tests come back and all this good stuff, and he was just expressing, you know, that we had a good fight and he was telling me keep working those leg kicks. He he told me that it had him afraid to come forward. And, hell, I mean, I, I told him, good job, you know, and thanks for fighting so hard. I could tell, you know, he had a lot of heart, and 
he really wanted it. He didn't. He wasn't just in the fight just to fight me. He he was there to beat me. And even though you know in the first round, second round, I kicked his ass pretty good. In the third round, he came out super super strong, and he you could tell he really wanted it. And as much as I tried to break him by getting in his face, screaming at him, no matter what, he was he was there in that third round. Yeah, he was. So you're only 24 years old, right? Yes, sir. I just turned 24 a little over a week ago. Damn, son. So, I mean, you got a beautiful jab, a nice straight right, a good leg kick. If people take you down, they're not safe because you got the rubber guard. And as we saw in your last fight, you can get up from bottom, too. So, I mean, the sky really is the limit for Jason Knight, huh? I uh, man, everybody thinks, you know, that on the ground, all I have is the rubber guard because that's that's what I like to use. It works. It's easy. And I'm good at it. But I, I have way more off my back than the rubber guard. You know, on, if I get on top of you, I have a dangerous mount game, dangerous game from side control. I mean, I finish fights with rubber guard, I think. I, I've had like 12 submissions, I think. And only a few of them has been from the rubber guard. So, I mean, nobody's really got to see all my other submissions and everything else that I can do. I mean, I started doing rubber guard just a few years ago, maybe – I think four or five years ago but i mean before that I, I didn't know what the hell it was i didn't know nothing about it it's just something that works good for me and something that people think that that defines me but i mean i got a lot of other tools up my up my sleeve a lot of other tricks and i still got a lot more that i'm going to tap into a lot more that i'm wanting to work on and a lot of holes that i want to close and now that i have the time to do it I promise you, you're going to start seeing those holes close. You're going to start seeing a really, really good fighter come out of me. And you're going to see me make a lot less mistakes than I made the other night. Now, we got to backtrack because I keep bringing up your fight with uh, Musa Kamanayev, the Russian. And I mean, that dude, you know, was 15 and Ugh. 3, super hyped up. He's an absolute monster. You went in there, you had a rough first round, but you submitted him with the rubber guard in the second round. I mean, how. Uh, what was that fight like? Just talk to me about it, because that was an unbelievable performance and fight, and the first time I was ever exposed to Jason the Kid Knight. Man, that that fight right there was super, super tough. Again, um, I took that fight on two weeks' notice. <laughs> I, I hadn't really been in the gym a whole lot, because like I said, I, I work every day. Well, not no more. Right now, I'm not going to work for a while. I'm going to train. But I was working every day. I had a family, all that good stuff. And when I got the call, I mean, yes, it's Titan FC. It's a whole lot bigger level than what you're on. So, of course, you got to take it. You got to step up, take that chance. And uh, when I come out to fight Musa, we knew that he was a really good wrestler. And we knew that there was a good chance of me tapping him off my back. And uh, not that I wanted to go to the ground. I, I figured, you know, I could stand up with him. And that first round, he came out bombing. And I'm, I'm talking about hitting me super hard. And I couldn't ever, couldn't ever get my bearings about me, couldn't ever get calmed down enough to settle in and start working my stand-up. So that first round, he picked my ass apart, standing up. Every time he took me down, I would tangle him up. But he was slipping right out, slipping right out, slipping right out. And then come out the second round, I calmed down a little bit. I was starting to do a little bit better standing up. But 
his wrestling, man, his wrestling was so explosive. He was so strong. Even if I wanted to stop his takedowns, I couldn't do it. Because I'm telling you, man, that guy, if he puts his fingertips on you, you're going down. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, of course, I got I to gotta work on my wrestling because, I mean, there's guys like that in the UFC. Guys that's got just as good a wrestling as him, if not better. And all I've got to rely on is tapping them out. Because a guy like that, it's hard to get back up when they're on top of you. It's hard to, ta- it's hard to stop that takedown. So, I mean, if I don't get my, my wrestling better, then what happens when I run into another Musa Kamenaya that takes me down and doesn't want to throw crazy punches from the top. They just want to hold me and hug on me and play a Ben Askren type game. You know, if I run into somebody that wants to hold me and barely throw little short punches, or I'm sorry, not Ben Askren, Kawajiri. You know, hold me down, throw little bitty short elbows, little bitty short punches, and never really open up to give me a submission. I, I mean, I got to get back up. That's like in this fight. I knew I knew that uh, Allard was going to want to take me down and try to tap me out, try to smother me. But I knew that if I got back up, how the hell is he going to tap me out? How is he going to smother me? So, I mean, I got I got that's one thing I got to work real big time is my wrestling. So, with Musa, I mean, when you're scheduled to fight a Russian, I mean, they have a certain demeanor about them. They're very scary. They're very stoic. I mean, at the weigh-ins, were you like, oh, shit, I'm in for a fight? Uh, no, nah, man, really. I, I, I don't mean to sound arrogant or nothing, but I got, I got a big brother who has beat the hell out of me since I was, like, as, as long as I can remember. All my life, he's beat the hell out of me. So he's got it to where I'm not scared of any man. You know, I mean, I look at it like, hey, this guy, he has a 50-50 chance of winning. I have a 50-50 chance of winning. And when I look them in their eyes, I try to install fear in them. I try to make them scared of me, but they're doing the same thing right back. But no matter what, I'm not getting scared. That's like, you know, the other night with Jim Allers, he thought, jumping in my face was going to make me back down like I was going to get scared or nothing or something. I mean, all he did was piss me off. You know, he made me ready to go. But, yeah, that fight with Musa, nah, man, I, I had no reason to be scared of him. I knew that I had a chance of beating him. Of course, yeah, do, do I get nervous? Yeah, I'm nervous as hell every fight. Am I a little anxious? Yes, every fight. And uh, for that fight, it was probably pretty bad. I, I wasn't scared. I knew that I could go in there and I had a chance of winning, but I was nervous as hell. I was like, man, this guy, he used to be an M1 Global champ. He, he's a beast. You could look at him and tell that he was strong as hell. And I knew, I knew, like, damn, I, I'm going to be in for a tough one. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a hard fight, but I wasn't scared. I knew that I could get in there and hang with him. I knew that if he slipped up and put them hands on the mat like I knew he would, eventually I was going to catch him. Yeah, man. And real quick, you mentioned how you and Allers had that little face-off inside the the octagon. That was fucking amazing, dude. Because, you know, with a lot of these guys, you know, they high-five, they hug, and this and that. But when you guys went face-to-face in the octagon, what, what you know, when he walked in there and you got right up in his grill, that was unbelievable. I love that kind of shit. The fans love that. Please keep doing stuff like that, my friend. I mean, it... As soon as somebody else provokes me, you best believe it's going to happen. I mean, I'm, I'm never going to back down from anybody. I'm never going to show fear 
to any man. You know, I mean, he he thought that he was going to scare me. He thought that he was going to get inside of my head. But, I mean, his little tricks worked against him. You know, he thought he was going to scare me. But in the end, it wound up him being the one that got a little scared. And, uh, I mean, the next time a guy tries to do something like that, it's going to be the same, same outcome. I'm going to get crazy with it, you know. And I, I don't really like to trash talk, like, outside of the cage. Conor McGregor style, I hate that. I hate Conor McGregor for that, the way he just runs his mouth for no reason. I'm the greatest in the world. I'm the best ever. He's so arrogant. You'll never see me be arrogant. I mean, of course, I'm confident in myself, but there's no reason for the whole world to sit there and hear me acting ass trying to show talk for everybody. I'll show you that I'm confident inside of that ring. Every time I step inside that ring, you'll see that I'm confident. You'll see that I'm ready for the fight. And, yeah, I mean, if it gets to the point where I want to talk a little bit of shit to this guy, I'm going to have fun inside that cage and do it. And then after the fight's over with, we're going to shake hands, and it's all good. If he gets, you know, like before the fight at the weigh-ins, I don't know if you've seen, but Allers, he decided he wanted to touch his chin. He, he wanted to touch his fist to my chin, and it kind of pissed me off. You know, that's disrespectful to me. I tried to square up, put my hands in front of your face. You know, a normal, a normal stare off. Don't fucking touch me. You know, why? Why do you gotta touch me? And uh, you know, we're about to go to war tomorrow. I'm not, not fishing to let you put your hands on my face and think it's cool and think I'm just gonna be the man that lets something like that slide. So, I mean, from now on, the, that's how it's always going to be. If somebody, if they cross me, then they made an enemy. You know, before the fight, after the fight, during the fight. If they do something I don't like, I'm not going to just push it aside, let it go. I'm going to do what I've always done. I, I'm going to stand up for myself. I'm going to defend myself. And I'm going to show you that I'm not scared of nobody. I'm not... I'm not just going to back down for you. So I don't, I don't care who you are. If you try to talk to me crazy, if you try to show me your actions that make me feel offended, then I'm going to let you know I'm offended, you know? Now, did you get into a lot of fights growing up before you became a, <laughs> a professional fighter that gets paid to fight? Yeah, man. Uh, whenever I was a little kid, I, I had the worst temper ever, and I would fight you for anything, and it... It wasn't always just because of a bad temper. Sometimes I just wanted to fight just to have fun with it, you know. I would go up and if I if I seen somebody looking my way, oh, he might want to fight, you know. And then I would start talking a little bit of shit. And the next thing you know, we're over there scrapping. Or, you know, in school, there was always the your mama jokes, you know. <laughs> if I was talking shit to somebody joking, first time they said your mama you don't talk about my mama you know i kicked some ass you know and then uh i started fighting when i was 14 and i got my last street fight i think i was 16 and uh i'll tell you now the mma fighting's kept me out of so much trouble it's calmed me down so much because when i was younger man i i did it just for the fun of it but why, the, why do I need to fight somebody outside the cage and prove myself when I, I've proved myself to, to me every time I get in that cage? I know what I can do. I know what I can't do. I know if my mom's a bitch. I know if she's a fat whore. You know, I, I know all this stuff. 
So whatever they say, it can't touch me. It doesn't hurt me. So nowadays, unless you put your hands on me or my family, you can pretty much get away with anything. But when I was younger, hell no, that didn't slide. <laughs> yeah, martial arts definitely has a way of, you know, changing people for the better. I mean, it just improves your life. It makes you a better person. And it's funny because, you know, a lot of guys that used to get into street fights, once they, you know, started doing martial arts, it, it comes to a point where you'll get kicked out of your gym if you get into a street fight, you know? Oh, yeah, man, you get kicked out of your gym. And, I mean, whenever I was... 13, 14, 12, you know, shit like that. When I was a little kid, I can't tell you how many simple assault charges I had pressed because some guy wanted to talk his, his shit and acted like he wanted to fight. But then after you kick his ass, oh, his mom wants to go press charges or he wants to go press charges. And then next thing you know, you're paying off all kind of fines or you're going to jail, stuff like that. And I, I, that saved me so much. Once I got into MMA, I mean, I got out of so much trouble, you know. I mean, if I was out there street fighting everybody right now instead of fighting in the UFC, I'd be going to jail. And uh, and you wouldn't be getting 50K bonuses. Yeah, that, that's no lie. But, yeah, man, if I uh, – the way I look at it now, if I go out there and I street fight somebody and they want to push the issue – they can file some really big charges on me, you know, and, and I can lose everything. Right now, I just now finally got to where I want to be in the sport. Why in the hell would I jeopardize it like that? That's that's how some fighters, I, I see some fighters that they still do stupid shit, you know. But then you got some fighters that's smart, they wised up, and they think the same way I do. That's good to hear, man. Well, I got a couple fan questions for you. Smells like Andy wants to know, Ask Jason if he knew or cared that he was in a good fight while the fight was going on. Uh, nah, man. I, I knew that. I knew that I was kicking his ass. I knew that I was winning uh, in the first and second. But I mean, the main thing I was worried about was, you know, he 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 got me a little pissed off before the fight. I just wanted to, I guess, teach him a lesson in a way, just just to show him. I'm here for to stay. You know, I wanted to show everybody I'm here to stay. I'm, I didn't come in here to fight a couple times, and once my contract is up, nobody ever want me to fight again. Nobody ever know my name. I'm here to be the best. I'm here to be one of the best, and I will not stop fighting. I will not stop pushing forward. Even if I go in here and I lose my next couple fights, I get kicked out of the UFC, whatever, I will get right back on that bicycle. I'm going to push myself until one of these days you're going to see Jason's name as like a Hall of Famer. You know what I'm saying? Like you look back at the old days, you think of BJ Penn, Matt Hughes, Chuck Liddell, Forrest Griffin. I want to be like those guys. You know, I know everybody remembers the Forrest Griffin, Stephen Bonner fight, the greatest fight of all time. You know, one of the best. Stephen Bonner, he really didn't do a whole lot of nothing after that fight with Forrest Griffin. Nothing really remarkable in his career. Forrest Griffin, yeah, he went on and he got the title. But you will never forget who Stephen Bonner is because of that fight right there. Exactly. You know I want stuff like that in my career to where 10 years from now, people are still talking about this fight that I did this time. You know, this one time, this one fight 
I want people to still talk about it years and years from now. And that's what I push for. Definitely. Now, MMA State of Mind wants to know. He says, ask Jason if he heard me scream, rubber guard, motherfuckers. <laughs> no, man, I, I didn't, man. Uh, honestly, when, I, when I'm in that cage, I hear four people. Or, I'll take that back. I hear five. I hear my three corner men, which half the time I barely hear them. You know, I'll hear certain ones saying certain things at certain times. But if they're all three screaming at one time, I don't hardly ever hear them. But my big brother, he's out there. He was out there in the crowd. I, I don't even know. I guarantee you he was probably 30, 40 yards away from the cage, and I still heard him screaming. You know, I, I could hear he was screaming coaching advice to me. Um, whenever I, I'm sitting there getting flat-footed, he'll tell me, Jason, get on your feet. And that means, Jason, cut your angles, move. Stop standing still. I heard him during the fight. I heard him in my corner way off. You know, couldn't even hear my own corner man, but I heard my brother scream. And then my mom. You can always hear my mom. She's the <laughs> loudest, like the the craziest high-pitched scream you're ever going to hear. She's just squealing at the top of her lungs. You always hear her, no matter what. Whenever you're at one of my fights and you hear some crazy-ass scream, <laughs> oh, there goes Jason's mom. I promise you, you're going to hear her. There you go. Uh, Boris Brown says, congrats on the big win and thanks for winning me a lot of money. Why did you decide to stand and bang rather than use your ground game? Um, everybody knows that I can, I can tap somebody out. Everybody knows that I got a good rubber guard. And if I'm on the outside looking in, sometimes the ground game gets boring. You know, if, if I'm down there and I submit the guy real quick, it's like, oh, hell yeah, that was a badass submission. That's cool. But if we're down there for fucking 10 minutes and I'm throwing up submission after submission and I'm not tapping him, it gets old real quick. Nobody wants to watch some guy lay on top of the other guy and the other guys try to get a submission. gets boring as hell. I'm here to excite, you know. I'm, I'm here to make those bonuses and... I love to stand up. Uh, that's that's my favorite part of the MMA is standing up, giving him punishment, taking punishment. I, I mean, it doesn't bother me to get hit. And it's awesome as long as I get to hit him back, you know. So that's why I stood up. It's not because I thought I could, I could do better standing. It's just because that's what I like to do. It's more fun, you know. Way more fun to stand there and, beat the hell out of each other than it is to get the submission definitely and you know how you and uh how you sent this tweet to Aller saying you know meet me in the middle or whatever you said you know you, you basically told him to stand and bang with you in a tweet now a lot of us thought that that it was that was some gamesmanship and he even probably thought you were bluffing you think he thought uh that you were kidding around there or do you think he actually knew you were going to stand and bang with him um i don't really know what he thought um I knew, like, he, he said something about standing and banging with me. But then I went back and I watched a, po a pre-fight interview that he did with some guy. And first thing he said was he's got to get the fight to the ground. He's got to go back to what got him in the UFC. He's got he's to gotta win by submission like he used to do. And I knew he was going to try and take me down. I knew that he wasn't going to stand up. So that's part of the reason 
you know, I think it was either first or second round. I said, go for that takedown, bitch. I know that's what you want. <laughs> that's why, you know, that interview had me a little pissed off before the fight because he had, like, he had a guy named Brock Weaver that had went down to his gym. Brock Weaver's one of my good friends, and Brock was tra- training at MMA Masters with him. Well, he told Brock that he wanted to stand and bang, and he wanted to go out there and put on a fight of the night performance. And he wanted the same thing I wanted. He wanted to get noticed. Well, then he tells this guy in this interview that he wants to take me down. And this whole time, I'm thinking, hell yeah, we're going to go out here. We're going to stand up. We're going to bang it out. We're going to get fired the night, you know. And once I knew, hey, he's just sitting here biding his time until he can take me down and try and fucking lay on me like the last guy did. I was kind of pissed off about it. You know, I wanted to show him. I don't care what got you in the UFC. I don't care how many people you submitted. It's not happening tonight, you know? Yeah. There you go, man. Now, uh, with a lot of guys, you know, they mentioned that they need a complete void of emotion when they go in there to fight. Now, with you, you say, you've said a couple times on the show that certain things piss you off, but you still went out there and had an incredible performance. So, for you personally, are you are you just different? You know, what's the deal with that? Uh, man, I, I like to try and stay calm during my fights, you know, and stay level-headed. But, I mean, I think that getting pissed off or being scared just makes me fight better. You know, uh, I had a fight. Uh, I don't know if y'all have have seen it or heard of it. I fought a guy named Thiago Moises. Of course. He's out of uh, ATT at Coconut Creek. I knew he was out of an American top team, and that was the first time I ever really fought a guy from a well, well-known gym. You know, I fought several good guys, but that's the first time I fought somebody from a really well-known gym. And I knew he was from an American top team. But the day that I went to weigh-ins, they said, out of an American top team in Coconut Creek, Florida. And I right then, I was like, ah, oh, shit, you know, he's going to be really good. You know, and I was real nervous. And... I don't know if y'all watched any of his other fights. Thiago Morris is really good. But in that fight, I was nervous as hell and a little bit scared. So I went out there and I put on a show. You know, I I let that fear drive me. And uh, same thing as when I get mad, I let that anger drive me. I just, I try try to make sure that I'm staying calm and still thinking, thinking clearly, but... I go out there and I put that aggression into into my fist, into my kicks, into my submissions, you know, and, and try to make it work for me. That's how it's always been. If I get mad, if I get scared, your ass better watch out, you know? Yeah, that's actually really cool. You're able to channel, you know, your energy in a positive way inside the fight. So that's awesome how you do it. Now, a couple more fan questions. So the clown kid wants to know, Ask Jason if he remembers any of the shit he said during the fight. And as a follow-up, you know, did the Diaz brothers inspire any of your shit-talking and intensity? Or was it just a heat-of-the-moment type thing? Uh, no, nah, man. I remember everything I said partially because I went back and watched the fight 17 times already. But, uh, no, nah, the Diaz brothers, they didn't really inspire me at all. Of course, I love the Diaz brothers. I love watching them fight. They're so entertaining. But, man, me and my brother, we are, like, the biggest shit talkers. You know, (laughs) that's how it's always been my whole life. I grew up with him talking shit, giving me hell. 
I grew up giving my friends hell, talking shit. And, man, if you ask anybody from my gym, I love it. That's all I do in the gym all day, every day. We talk shit. I talk shit about your hair. I talk shit about the way you look. I talk <laughs> shit about the way you stand up. I talk shit about the way you do jiu-jitsu. That's how I get through my days. I have fun by, by running my mouth and trying to make fun of you. And when you try to make fun of me, hell, I just use it against you and come back with another comeback. So, I mean, that yeah. was just part of it. That was all part of it. That's part of the way I grew up, you know. Yeah, there you go. And please uh, keep bringing that intensity with you inside the octagon. So, look, every time your name gets mentioned, Alan Belcher's name get, gets mentioned, I mean, do you want to kind of talk about y'all's relationship or what? Uh, yeah, man. I, Alan, he wasn't able to help me out a lot for this fight. Um my stand-up being so crisp, everybody says, you know, that that's part of Alan Belcher. Alan Belcher, he's helped me with my stand-up a lot in the past. But for, for this particular fight, it was a guy named Brandon Davis. Brandon Davis, he's still not even known. Nobody knows who this kid is. But uh, he, he's about the same age as me and still fighting on nowhere shows. Nobody knows him. But this kid right here, I'm telling y'all, he's going to be one of the next great 45ers. He's going to be awesome. So that's who you need to look out for is Brandon Davis, and he helped me so much with this stand-up. But as far as Alan Belcher goes, man, I could not give that guy more thanks and more props for me getting to where I am because if it wasn't for him, I would never be here. Alan has helped me so much since the day I was like 15. He, he sit there and mentored me, he's put me through hell, he's beat the hell out of me, he's let other people beat the hell out of me, and he's taught me so much. My rubber guard, I don't know if y'all remember, uh, Alan fought Dennis Kane years ago. Oh, yeah. Well, right before Alan fought Dennis Kane, he had went out to Eddie Bravo's for a little while, and he come back, and he showed me the rubber guard. He showed it to me one time. Just uh, basic mission control, go-go plata, alma plata, you know, triangle, armbar, shit like that. Just the basics, very basics of rubber guard. He showed it to me one time before he went and fought Dennis King, and he left for like two months. He went over there, he beat Dennis King, he came back, and Alan had never seen me do rubber guard, never once. Well, I had a fight like the week that he came back. I fought that Saturday night. The guy took me down. And when he took me down, he fell straight into my rubber guard, and I tapped him out with a go-go plot in like 30 seconds. It was my yeah, last son. amateur. That was my last amateur fight. And, uh, yeah, man, a lot of people don't know that, but Alan's a big old guy. He doesn't look like he'd be able to do rubber guard, but that's 100% where I got it from. Yeah, and for you specifically – you know, how, uh, how how did you gravitate, hey, how, how did you gravitate towards the rubber guard? I mean, is it, are you naturally flexible? I mean, what is it about it that you like so much? Um, yeah, I mean, as far as like doing a split and head kicks, I'm not flexible at all. I can barely kick you in the head. But as far as the way that my hip flexes for the rubber guard, Man, I can I can pull up rubber guard from flat on my back. I can pull it up from the worst positions. You know, I, I can get rubber guard on you. And uh, 
I don't know, man. He showed it to me, and I was back then. I was a strictly armbar, triangle, omoplata, that that type of game from my guard. I always had a good guard, and that's why Alan showed me the rubber guard. He told me, you know, I think this could really really help you improve. And I just started playing with it a little bit, you know. Back then, I was in every jujitsu class. Nowadays, I hate the gi. I can't even hardly touch the gi. It, who wants carpet burn on your face? You know? <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I started training that rubber guard. I tried it on a few people. Next thing you know, I start catching people with it, and it just stuck, man. It's like kind of like a nickname. It sticks with you. And uh, I started tapping people with it, started getting better and better at it. And the next thing you know, uh-oh, next thing you know, I'm tapping everybody in the gym with rubber guards. So I started trying to do it in my fights and started tapping people in my fights, you know. So, yeah, I mean, that that's where it came from. There you go. Now, before we get out of here, I know you'll fight anyone. You're a fighter. But, I mean, who do you want next, man? Uh, like, like you said, I've, anyone. But uh, I hate I hate to ask for it so soon, man. But give me Tatsuya Kawajiri, please. <laughs> I, I, I know that. The guy's good. He's an old veteran. He's he's tough as nails, but I will kick his ass. You hear me? He does not want any part of the stand-up. We seen that in the last fight. The first time I hit him, he didn't want nothing to do with it. And in that fight, I tried to stop one takedown. If you go back and you watch that fight, I tried to stop one takedown, and I stopped it. And... I know that his wrestling's not as good as I, I let everybody think it was that night. Of course, you know, he could have he got me with a few of them takedowns, but I could have stopped most of them, and it could have been a fight like I had the other night. You know, I could have I beat his ass, and I could have took him down, you know, and maybe got on top of him instead of him laying on me the whole fight. So, yeah, man, if they give me Tatsuya Kawajiri, that would be the second loss that I've had. And it would be the second time that I've avenged that loss. See, my first fight, I lost. The first loss I ever had, I've already avenged it. Of course, who doesn't want to go back and beat up the guy who beat them up, you know? Definitely. Well, Jason, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me right here, right now, on Half the Battle. It's been an absolute pleasure. Just let the audience know where to follow you on social media and anything else you want to plug, man. Now's the time. Sweet, man. Uh... Guys, first I want to say I'm, I'm sorry. You know, I know whenever I answer a question, I ramble on and on. I keep on going. But, I mean, hopefully y'all y'all liked the uh, interview. Hopefully maybe I, I got some fans from the other night, and hopefully I can keep building it up. But uh, on Twitter, it's at JasonTheKid23. I need followers, man. I got barely any. I just started doing Twitter, just started doing Instagram, just started doing Snapchat. You know, I've never really needed it. Facebook, don't go try to let me add you on Facebook. I got 5,000 friends on Facebook. I can't have no more. So please go follow me on Twitter at, at JasonTheKid23. Snapchat, uh, Snapchat is JTKTheKid. Instagram, JTKTheKid. And, uh, yeah, man, if y'all will, just help boost me up. Tell Dana White and them that you love me. Get all over Twitter. Get all over Instagram, Snapchat, whatever. Anything that he's going to see, anything that Sean Shelby's going to see, 
blow me up. I mean, man, I, I promise y'all, if I get back, back in that cage again, I don't care win, lose, or draw. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to pour my heart out and I'm going to put on a good show for y'all. And before long, I promise I'll be I'll be one of the fan favorites for the whole world. And not that I'm confident. I mean, not that I'm cocky or arrogant. I'm just very confident that I can go out there. I could be one of the best. And I just want everybody to see that. I mean, I fought on prelims the other night, so half the world didn't even watch the prelims. Half the world don't give a shit about the prelims. <laughs> get me on a real card. Get me on, on the main card. And uh, thank you all so much, man. Thank everybody for the support. Everybody that had questions, I hope I answered them good. If you got any other questions for me, hit me up on, on Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram. I don't care. You just let me know what y'all got to say. And I promise you, man, I'm going to be me till the day I die. And I'm going to be the same cool, laid-back person. I don't care if I had $10 million. I'm still Jason Knight, and that's the way I'm going to stay. So if y'all got something to say to me, man, as long as I'm not busy already taking care of my kids or in the gym or something, if I got time to answer you back, I have no problem with it. That's awesome, man. Jason, thanks again for the time. And if, uh, you know, your fight of the night performance winning effort against Jim Ehlers is any indication, the future is very bright. So fans, definitely follow Jason Knight at JasonTheKid23 on Twitter. You already know to follow me at Best Fight Picks. This podcast is called Half the Battle. You can find it on iTunes, SoundCloud, and YouTube. And until the next time, enjoy the fights.